why they won't allow me into uh, Wacky Warehouse ever again. Oh. Um, you know, they, they, they don't take too kindly to you fondling the, the balls. Or no, no, no. I, without permission, it can be quite disagreeable. It's not uh, my fault if my hand can slip through the net, though. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, well. If I can grab the balls, I will. <laughs> God. Well, that's got us off to a um, typical start here on the Big Damn Cast. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, listeners, um, to our slightly discombobulated uh, winter programming um, <laughs> with me still situated in Manchester and Christopher, the fair Christopher in Drifting LinkedIn. through space, running out of oxygen. Food, yes. food went out four days ago. <laughs> yes. yes. Topical. Topical. <laughs> topical. Topical freeze. That's the best Donkey Kong game. Um, <laughs> now... <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> because of our um, distance, because of our distancing schedules, it's a bit tricky to keep up on current stuff. So, alas, we um, well, Christopher has seen into the Spider Verse, but I have not, so we won't be covering that in full detail today. Although, although Chris has got plenty to say about it, haven't you, Christopher? It's a film, yes. Um, <laughs> but it also means we won't be able to get into Aquaman this week. Uh, even though that'll be out by the time you listen to this. By the time um, the wind has blown, and the Aquaman I, around. And also Bumblebee's out in the States, but I don't think we're getting it till Boxing Day. I believe that's right. So, yeah. uh, But early reviews have been good. But anyway, we'll talk about those movies um, as soon as we can. Probably the first episode after Christmas we'll be able to catch up on Aquaman and Spider-Verse. That sound right? That sounds about right, as you imagine. Well, ah! actually, no. Actually, no. Um... I think the way it's going to work out is our um, uh, listeners just turn away for a second. Uh, our pre-recorded Christmas one we're probably going to put out just after Christmas because we've got a little bit more time before Christmas Day. So there's a leeway there, you see. So yeah, the Christmas episode will be on the twenty seventh. But, but but why would we put the Christmas episode out after Christmas? Because we're idiots. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what? Stuff, some stuff that happened after we after we recorded last week that we can talk about this week. We had some trailers, didn't we, Cocker? Needle, noddle, no, we did oh, indeed. Oh, oh, did we? So we've now got another look, a much, uh, a much more um, narrative character focused yeah. look at Captain Marvel, which is out in March, and we finally, finally got a glimpse of and a title for the next Avengers move move for the next Avengers movie which is out the following month that's going to be that's going to be an interesting time for cinemas um oh in god. April I do, I do not envy anyone working at the uh, Odeon no um, my god so after April we are going to get well after Captain Marvel we're going to get Avengers Endgame yeah we're going to get that um, 
Did that? Did I do it for you, Chris? Did that? Um... That, that that tickled my jimmies. Was so. that was that a low rumble pleasurable? Um, that well, 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 right in them. Yeah, it's all in. <laughs> Sarah, it's all yeah. in the frequency. Um, Sarah, that one really rustled my jimmies. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a real throbber. Um, so. Affirmative. Very good. Very good. Oh, terrible. First off, let's have a chat about the old Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um. Seems to. So I think we got ourselves, or I got myself, into the belief <clears throat> that um, Jude Law was playing Marvel. Yeah. But combined with the fact that all the people on that team are villains, and some merchandising spoilers that came out. Last oh, week, also, I, I was not aware of said thing. It uh, se- go ahead. It seems that he's actually playing Yonrog. Yonrog, who is the nemesis of the original Marvel, who was responsible for the psychotron explosion that gave Carol Danvers her powers in the original comic books. Yeah. Okay. Oh. So he is a Cree warrior, and yeah, that's Suju Law is playing. Most likely, a warrior, a bounder, and a cad. A cad and a bounder. Um, it seems like we were kind of on the money with the idea that um, Carol Danvers has somehow been taken by the Cree and brainwashed and made into someone who doesn't remember her life on Earth. Mm. The trailer seems to bear that out, and um, yes, the old lady from the first trailer is a scroll. <laughs> Or just a kung fu master with uh, a horse throat. It's just, I love the fact that she just plunges her face first into a into an arm, an arm like a pole <laughs> on the train. It's like, oh, ow! Um, Take that, elderly women everywhere. We, it's it's one of the few movies that I've seen anything of where it seems that Ben Mendelsohn is allowed to be Australian. Yes, yeah. They're letting him use his Australian voice. Um, still a villain, but Australian. Still a villain and uh, a very cool-looking scroll, but uh, Australian voice. So that's something. And uh, we get a look at the the cat. Obviously, the cat's not called Chewy in this. I was going to say, yeah, I've I've seen stuff with a different name on. Yeah. Um. So, che- but 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 Chewy, because I'm going to call him Chewy, is across the merch like crazy. Oh yeah. Like two Funkos, a variant version of it with every action figure in the Builder Figure Legends wave. Well, didn't you see the 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 reaction Fury had to it? Everyone wants a bit of that cat. Yeah, and, and speaking of Fury, how good does that de aging stuff look? Jesus, I mean, we were talking about this on an earlier episode that everything they've done, they've sort of trial run subtly before. Yeah, um, it, it, you know, sort of like Thor was the trial run for bigger cosmic stories. So then they started to elaborate and um, the comedy angle of, of uh, particularly um, <clears throat> Iron Man 2 in places and uh, and uh, Guardians was enough for them to go. Yep, we can do Ant-Man and Spider-Man. We can like play up the humor a lot more. Let's go for this. This de-aging stuff, they've been working on this for a while and sprinkling it in a lot. And, uh, yeah, this is now the inaugural, like, proper run of character is like this for the whole movie. And they've perfected it. It's amazing. Yes. 
<laughs> I thought it was a dead um, line then for a second. I was like, no. oh my god, Matt's been replaced by a scroll. No, yes. Um <laughs> I I'm jazzed for this movie. Um because it does seem like you're, you're so jazzed it gave you a small stroke just Yes, then. gave you a small stroke. Um I'm jazzed for this movie because it seems like you say it seems like it's everything's been a trial run for this. Um which is weird considering <clears throat> it's not like the big Avengers movie. But it's like all the the tones and technologies they've tried in making these movies over the last ten years have sort of led to this to this moment where they can really show a cosmic level powerhouse going for it on screen. Um, that last scene in the trailer where they're just destroying the fleet. Yes, is well, they or she? Oh well, with she There's... with with just with Carol just going full on binary and destroying the fleet. Um, gifts and of yeah. that were doing gifts of that were doing the rounds on Twitter the same day. Oh, um, my so favorite good. response I saw was, you know, the shot of Thanos in Infinity War where he steps out of the I was going to say the boom tube. Oh Ooh. god, where he steps out of the uh, the teleport like cloud. People have reversed that shot and made it into a gif. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> so it looks like he's just oh, walking brilliant. slowly backwards and getting the hell out of there. Yes, because <laughs> just it's just the the and also the tracking shot of as it, as it closes in on her. As she as she goes full binary, I'm just like, oh my, Brie Larson just looks magnificent. Yeah, because like, she's oh yeah, loving the hair, the hair. And the helmet, and everything. Like they're going for it. It's, and she because she's not, she's not a she's not a big person. She's not particularly she's tall not, or she's not a brick shit house. Yeah, yeah, but she's just she just has strength. She radiates strength. Yeah, and that's. That's very cool to see in a big female, um, female-led movie, um, and I'm going to be interested to see. I'm really excited to see how it plays out uh, all the way through. So I'm, I am on board for Captain Marvel. I am, I'm really excited, and <laughs> um, also really excited for what we're getting the month after. Now that we've seen our first tease of Avengers Endgame. Oh no! Oh, oh mate! Oh mate! <laughs> when did that trailer drop? It was on Friday. Wasn't yeah, it was it, on Friday. Um, yeah. So, so we just finished. Uh, we had an AM show and the opening night show for the Panto. Yeah. And we just come out of the morning show, which was an eleven AM. So it finished at like one forty-five. Yeah. <clears throat> the moment it was done, it was a good few of us. It was like me and the drummer and Chris, one of our dancers, were just like. It's up, it's up, it's up. Right, come on, we've got to watch it, we've got to watch it. Come on, let's sit down. And we just like got it up on the... Whoever had the biggest phone. Oh. It's like, right, get it on now. We have to watch this. Um. Oh, dude, when that dropped. Good Lord. And the thing is, it does the really smart thing. If it doesn't actually really show you anything of what's going to happen... No, it it's reminds, just... you, reminds you of where our character's at, the ones that yeah. are still around. Yeah. It's just kind of all the characters standing around talking. Uh, and you finally see uh, Ronin, or well, Hawkeye as Ronin. I know. Did Whatever you ever think we'd be, Did you ever think we'd be in a place where in the world a reaction shot of Hawkeye in an Avengers trailer would be the thing that set the pop culture landscape alight? No. No. <laughs> here we are. I didn't think we'd ever live in a world where where Marvel's Ronin was a was a char- was a character in a movie, even though it's not the original Ronin. It's not Echo. Um, uh, but still, let's speculate. But, you you know full well why he's going down this. Oh path. yeah, well they they, they confirmed are, it. 
they're not subtle about it in the trailer. Because mm. you see him as Cap's talking about people losing families. Hot damn. So it's obvious what's happened. Oh, God. And... So, so dark. Oh, God. Uh, oh, what's the bet in the movie opens oh, with man. them on that day? It wouldn't surprise me. That'd be horrifying, wouldn't it? It would not surprise me. And just go with it for like five minutes, just a whole five minutes of, oh my god, this is so peaceful and wonderful. Why are they showing this to us? Oh god. Oh god, his child what? is dissolving. If oh the, god. If that's the opening of the movie, is just vignettes of people disappearing oh, all god, over yeah. the world. Half of all living creatures. Half of even, everything. Even the doggos. Even the doggos. Especially, good and bad doggos. Especially the good doggos. Oh, it's random, dispassionate, yeah. fair. And the good doggos. Cap crying, Cap tearing up. Yeah. Just, I I think our oh. Peggy theory might be true though. You re- yeah, because they they do make a the, point of of showing her, of reminding you, the audience. Hey, remember Peggy? Remember Peggy, guys? Just uh, just want to remind you, of Peggy, everybody. Okay, remember our Peg. <laughs> yeah, it's um short for Margaret apparently. Yes, yes it is. Um <laughs> I don't understand it. Nope, me neither. But it's uh, Uncle Alfred's password. <laughs> <laughs> Suit me up, Uncle Alfred. Um Oh don't. <laughs> don't <laughs> excellent, excellent. So um, yeah, it's gonna be a it's going to be a hell of a time, is uh, March and April of next year. I'm putting out two, two movies this big mm. within a month of each other. That's that's what we call market saturation. Mind you, it's kind of the same. Oh no, Black Panther was February and then Infinity War was April, wasn't it? Yeah, we've got a couple of months, but Black Panther um, was still playing in the theatres. So this, this is similar to last year, though. That, this might be why that decision's been made. Because earlier this year... Um, Black Panther was still playing when Infinity War was, and the numbers spiked for Black Panther again. Yes. Like, in, in the weeks surrounding Infinity War. Because people went to see Infinity War and went, oh my god, I love that, I can't believe what happened. Oh, oh god, Black Panther's still got... Right, should we go to Black Panther tomorrow? I want to see that again, that'd be great. So, maybe they're just counting on, like, hey, guys, uh, Carol's going to be in two movies back-to-back a month and a bit apart. Uh, maybe y'all want to go see them both again? You want to do that? You want double bill? You want to do a double bill? So, um, you know, I, I think, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's like, you know, the world's smartest decision, but I think financially it's probably some of the... Yeah, well, let's be honest, look at all the decisions Disney has made in the last 10 years since it started acquiring every IP on the planet. They're, ne- they're not necessarily smart decisions, um, and, but they are financially motivated. I was talking to, uh, to... Uh, your friend and mine, John Gransden, last night. Um, John Bartholomew Gransden. John Gransden. We were talking about the uh, the failings of the Star Wars uh, franchise since it's been since Disney have, have put it out. Not, that, I mean, I've liked both those movies, and, and and John's neither here nor there on Star Wars in general. So, um, but we, I think we were talking about the fact that how strange it was that Disney put this huge franchise revival into motion without having a set plot in mind yes so like let's do a trilogy yes. but give it to jj abrams to just make the first one and not have an end point in mind um 
and I I was I I believe uh, that that was a decision that was made because they knew they could get away with it because they knew that they could just get it out and start making money and then worry about the rest of it later because people would come and see a Star Wars movie. Um, so I think they are at the position where they know they can release two enormous movies within a month of each other. And they're both they're not going to eat each other's audiences. If anything, they're going to boost each other's audiences. Um, and I mean, just look at Disney's... Re- Disney released so many of the movies that are in the cinema, either through themselves or through one of their subsidiary studios, that there's always two or three Disney movies or Disney-backed movies in the cinema at any one time. I was watching the review for... Um, Movie Bob's review for Nutcracker in the Four Realms to, uh, earlier today. Yeah. In which he was talking about, like, like <clears throat> there's... They can't... The, the reason that Nutcracker in the Four Realms exists, kind of, is... T- to plug the two weeks in November that they don't have a new movie out. Um, Because, (laughs) like, in between Wreck-It Ralph 2 and um, whatever it else is that just came out. Uh, But then you look at next year and you've got um, Infinity War, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, and (laughs) uh, Captain Marvel, and you've got Toy Story 4, and you've got Mary Poppins Returns, and you've got The Lion King, and and you've got Dumbo. It's like every couple of weeks, there's just a new big movie getting pumped out. So I think we are starting to see, I think, I don't think we're going to get superhero fatigue, but I think we might get Disney fatigue, as in they own so much of the market and they control so much of the market that their stuff being pumped out is going to, I don't know, tire some people out maybe, or maybe it will start to eat its own audience, but... That's why they've done. That's they're at that point, and and maybe it's hubris, and maybe it's maybe it's um, earned. But two big movies within within a month of each other in the same franchise is ballsy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but I'm, I mean, I'm excited to see them both. So I think that says a lot. <laughs> I'm going to see them both anyway. Um, so we'll I was going to say that that that's. I mean, Spider Man's like three months later as well, so that's even. Oh god, yeah, we got Spider Man, yeah, Far From Home, um, and then oh, speaking of which, the confirmation like one hundred percent this week in terms of them just going, yep, yeah, this is who he is for definite. Jake Gyllenhaal joined okay. social media and Although revealed, we... yep, I am definitely Mysterio, guys. That's what that's what this is all about. But not Spider Man. He's not Spider Man. He's not Spider Man, but he's Mysterio. <laughs> he seemed to but... be somewhat surprised to learn that he wasn't playing Spider Man. Um... <laughs> Oh, that, his first Instagram post is that video of him reading a Mysterio comic yeah. going, what the f... It just goes down. It's like, like what? What's happening? <laughs> Apparently a trailer was shown shown at a Brazilian Comic-Con. Oh, interesting. Uh, they, they, got, they got a teaser trailer. And when asked, uh, is the rest of the world going to get it? Sony went, no. no. <laughs> and it's made a lot of people Good. mad. But Good. I'll be honest. Good. That's I'll fine. Be honest, I'm fine with it. Simply because you've got Endgame coming out. Yeah. I would rather not get a glimpse at the world after Endgame till after Endgame. So it's a weird thought that we're not probably going to get hmm. a trailer until three months till release. But I'm cool with that. I think um, that's a better way of doing it. Although now we have got the, the the title revealed for Endgame, can I just go on record as saying how bitterly disappointed I am that it's not called Avengers Forever? I know, you've been campaigning. Especially, especially if time travel is... A major plot device, which I think we all kind of assume that it is going to be at this point. Um, 
yeah, it should be Avengers Forever. Although Avengers Endgame is perfectly fine. I think they've done that because it's a rug pull. Because yeah. it was mentioned by Strange in the last one. Yeah. And we'll all be going, oh yeah! Maybe we get you Strange Maybe. Maybe. Maybe Chewbacca. Um, oh yeah, maybe Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um so yes um next year oh, is yeah. looking bright uh because uh carol danvers is blowing it all up um <laughs> i'm so glad that's where that sentence went um, um so. hi uh, so let's talk about your recent cinematic experience your recent cinematic odyssey to <laughs> To nice. see the latest animation starring Marvel Comics' web, web, web-wielding warrior, uh, the Spider-Man, and many of his other incarnations in Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse! Tell me all about it, Christopher. But don't spoil it, because I've not seen it yet. But tell me all about it. Prelude. Um, Saturday. A prelude! <laughs> Saturday Gone yes. was our first three-show day. We've got a few of those bastards this run. Oh, nice. Nice. An 11, a 3, and a 7. So, the 11 finishes roughly at 12, uh, what am I talking about? One forty-five. Yep. Which gives us just under 45 minutes till the half for the 3. Um, the three lasts till yeah. The three lasts till five forty-five, which gives us just under forty-five minutes for the half till the seven. And then there was talk of everyone going out, out, not just out, but going out, out. Naturally, everyone during the day is going no, knackered, absolutely shattered, can't, wouldn't dream of it. And then we all agreed, let's go out for a drink, like mm-hmm. a drink to celebrate. You know the fact that we've made it. Um, that drink turned to a second drink. <laughs> which turned into the producer getting a cordoned off area in a bar called Craft. <laughs> okay. Which, tu- which turned into us then getting the VIP lounge in the multi-story club home from 1am onwards. The VIP lunge? Yeah, or... Okay. Uh, okay. It's basically like the rest of the club, except... The floors weren't sticky because they were carpeted. Oh! Um, well, doesn't mean they weren't sticky. Well, it just means oh, everything was stuck in them. Dreadful. Oh, dirty, yes. Dirty boy. Yes. Well, I, that's what you get for having carpets in a club. I'm just saying. Dirty, dirty. Sniff, sniff, wince. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that carried on. And it resulted in at basically five o'clock, myself and the drummer, Mike, lovely man, terrible woman, uh, stumbling down the road back to mine so we could crash out didn't happen because neil cicerega had released his new prince mix so we ended up staying up listening to that and fucking around for a while it's amazing if you've not heard it you know neil cicerega you know mouth moods and busting and, and all them yeah yes. all, all those masterpieces yes. he's just dropped a new one called prince.mp3 and it's yes phenomenal okay um, but that kept us up for two hours because we were just laughing and talking music and showing each other tracks around about 7 a.m we finally get to sleep Around about half nine, Mike wakes me up. He's like, all right, I'm heading out now. I'm going to drive home and get in my own bed. I'm like, go for it. See you later. See you tomorrow. Because we had Sunday off. Uh, and I went, I was like, oh, fantastic. Got up at a wee, set an alarm for like 12. I was like, I'll, I'll have a few more hours myself. Oh, this would be great. I woke up at 25 past two. 
I had booked tickets. I booked a ticket to see the uh, 205 showing of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because this no! weekend just gone. This weekend just gone. It was in early previews. Yeah, I was trying to get to see it on the Friday, but I couldn't. As I said last episode, but I couldn't. Yeah, I managed um, to get. Um, I managed to get the uh, number for Odeon as I'm, as I'm scrabbling to get ready. As I got, I got up at like twenty past two, or whatever it was. Uh, I'm phoning Odeon. I'm like, "Hello," it says I, know, I booked this with Limitless, and I know you can't, but you can't book like multiple films within a certain period, um, just to make sure that you're not randomly getting tickets for other people and things like that. So I was like, uh, "Can I? Is there any chance I could just come along and go into this one?" They went, "Uh, yeah, yeah," because there was another showing at at uh, ten to three. So they were like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, thank you, thank you so much. Shoes, like pants on everything, dash to the cinema. <laughs> got oh there. no, I forgot my underwear. Oh god. <laughs> and my bra. Buff, 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 buff your brasses. Um, the cost of coffee there had a massive queue, so I couldn't treat myself to some caffeine. So I got my ticket, uh, went to the counter, explained it. They were like, oh yeah, it was your phone, no worries. Yeah, okay, this, that, and the other, great. They printed me out a ticket. And... Um... <laughs> And then I was like, I need something. So I just got a giant ice blast because I was like, I need something to wake me up. I'm, I'm knackered. Yeah, yeah. And then in I climbed, pre-selected seats. There were two dirty fuckers sat in my seat. So I went to the middle instead. And um, the experience began. Second prelude. Second prelude. The two dirty bastards who'd sat in my seat. Oh, no. Were a couple, quite likely in their mid to late 20s. Uh, looked about my age. They were macking, Matt. Macking? They were macking. Uh. Lip smacking. They were snogging throughout the entire film. Now, this was a preview screening of, a, of a, you know an early release on a Sunday, and as such, the tickets were £12.50. So they'd spent a joint amount of 25 quid to sit in a kid's film and kiss in the most sloppy, slobbery, loud, exaggerated way for two hours. Makes you sick, doesn't it? Makes you it, sick to your stomach. I, I don't hate public displays of affection. I just think you need to be considerate when you do it. You know what I mean? Like, don't be a, a dick about it. Just I don't hate public displays of affection. I just hate affection. Oh, yeah, there is that. I hugged you that time and you, and you, uh, you grabbed me by the balls. I washed so much, I took my skin off. Oh god! Took three cut... months to grow back. You cut me from asshole to breakfast time. <laughs> god. I don't like to see the sight of two grown men kissing toast. I don't see what the fuck it's got to do with you. Um, so I, I was that was putting us off the whole thing. There was a kid two rows in front of me with his family, who every time there was a quiet moment in the film, and we could just hear. And I'm not even kidding. There's no exaggeration here. This is what it sounded like. Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. Mm. Oh, come on. Eventually ending up in that thing where the lips are so dry, it's just going. I, I don't understand. Film, Matt, throughout the whole film. I don't understand. Who goes into a kid's movie to do that? That's I, so weird. That is and a kid, And a kid's movie weird. that was like twice the price of every other kid's movie on that weekend because it was a preview screening. <sighs> mental but the kid, the kid two rows in front was just every time there was a quiet moment and whenever we could all hear them you could just see all their family's heads turn in unison and this kid in the middle of the family was going mwah, 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 mwah. 
and it, and it, and it didn't phase them at all. No. It was like, oh my God. The moment the credits rolled, they got up and left like they were basically about to go off and shag. And it was like, guys, you should have done that five minutes in. I don't understand why they would have, why they'd stick around and just mack. Like, and kids, I mean, that's the thing. Fair enough. If if if, if there's some kind of forbidden thing, whatever, fine. But there's a reason. There's a stereotype about doing it at the back row, and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the back row, go to the back fucking row. Don't sit in the middle and mac. Like, just ah, oh, oh. weird, isn't it? I wanted like, to throw my ice blast on them. I really did. Um, but luckily, well, I, the I, thing I is was. You don't know if that would have been an aphrodisiac or not. I think anyone would have turned these guys up at this point. Spy- oh, the voice of Spider-Ham didn't deter them, so... Oh, my days. Maybe they just get off to Sony Pictures Animation. Speaking <laughs> oh, of Sony Pictures Animation, and now... Yes, 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 yes. Our presentation. Yes, tell um, me all about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a 2018 motion picture by Sony Pictures Animation and stars the likes of many people. <laughs> There are a lot of cast members in this film. There are a lot of great cast members, those you've heard of, those I'd never heard before. And pleasantly, a few cast members playing minor roles or brief parts that, when I read the credits, was like, really? Oh my God, I can't believe that was them. Really? It's one of that, like, I mean, I won't tell you who, but Chris Pine is in this movie. Keep your ears out for him. All right. Because when you realise, you'll go, oh, oh, oh. When you um, see it. Yeah, and then keep your ears out in the credits because you'll get a little extra treat from him as well in, oh. in, in audio form. I love extra um, treats. I love, there, there are, there's no mid-credits scene. There is a uh, there is a, a card mid-credits with a quote from a certain individual who we all miss very dearly. Oh, yeah. That was clearly added at the last minute. Yeah. Um, and there is a post-credits scene which starts out as the single coolest fucking thing in the screening. And then ends on the best joke ever. <laughs> so, okay. I highly, rec- I highly, highly recommend staying throughout the credits, guys. Okay. You also get, you also get a, a, a song which features Chris Pine's voice, and I'll, I won't say anything else. But um, okay, yeah, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Uh, from the very beginning, you are met with imagery of things phasing out of place. Like jagged, jarred uh, colors, and and like like a TV that's going through some kind of signal failure. From the very top, the opening credits is full of this imagery. Uh, you keep seeing eight legs. You keep seeing the you know the number forty two printed on a hairy little sort of abdomen, and all these little things. And you're like, right, are we doing some kind of adaptation of the first Miles Morales arc here? Mm. The answer to that question is kinda. So, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, in general, like, you know, Peter Parker's your boy, red and blue suit, you will be satisfied. You'll also be really sad, because uh, if you're looking for some form of continuity with existing properties, there isn't one. This is its own thing. You are going to see a Peter Parker. This is not our Peter Parker. It is, but it's not the mainstream one. And they kind of make that clear as they tell the story. Um, if you know, if, if if there were a six one six universe, for example, in this continuity, we've not met that Spider Man. Um, we are meeting Peter at a very different time in his life, mm-hmm. and learning of the things that have happened for him, to him, and around him, based on choices he's made over the years. 
that coincides spectacularly with our main character, Miles Morales. Yes. Young, young kid. Um, what's it? Uh, a son to, to, he's, he's, uh, what's it called? Af- uh, uh, African Hispanic or is it? Uh, he's, uh, um, he's, he's, his dad's African American. His mum's Latina. Yes. Yeah. And, and they are, again, they're much, they're much lighter versions of the characters. Uh, they, they, I think they're more like the PS4 Spider-Man versions of the characters rather than the comic book ones. Yeah. Um, which is great. His relationship with them is really sweet. He's recently, um, like applied for and won the lottery to go to the Vision Academy, which is a big sort of institute in. in oh the city. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's a science-led school, and and he he's de- he's desperate to find a way out of it, like to get expelled or dropped because he misses life. But his dad keeps saying, "You've got these opportunities. You've got a gift. Like stick with it, please." Um, his schoolmates don't really care about him. He's a bit of an oddball because of that. There's this one girl at the school who he gets on with, but she's a newbie as well. Uh, everything's just sort of a bit odd. The only sort of respite in his life is his graffiti. He likes to graffiti and create art. Yeah. Um, and his uncle Aaron, who he loves to spend time with. Yeah. Um, who's estranged from his dad. And, and yeah, so all that's true to form. One night, his uncle Aaron and he uh, go to a spot where he can basically, you know, get his graffiti on and not have to worry about the troubles of life. And he is bitten by a mysterious spider. Same old Spidey story. You get the drill. From this point on, though, he realizes there's there's a lot more to this spider life than meets the eye, and he's not the only person in New York who's dealing with this. No. Um, at the same time, a super collider has been created underneath Manhattan. Um, Best place at, for it. Yeah, at the command of the kingpin of crime, Wilson Fisk. Played by Lee Schreiber, who does a really good job. Um, uh, which is, again, it's weird. It's like, oh, wow, another double dipper for Marvel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Sabretooth is also Kingpin now. Um, and it just makes me happy, because the main villain of a Spider-Man movie is Kingpin, finally. It's taken them forever, but it's happened. Um, mm. So, yeah, he's got the collider. He's, he's got this collider to uh, study sort of dimensional barrier for certain reasons. He has his own allies, which I won't spoil because, you know, there's plenty of characters that may go, oh, that's a version of such a body. And, oh, that's a nod to such a body. And, oh, no, that's just straight up such a body. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, oh do, OK. Yeah. 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 yeah do, do stick around. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Miles discovers he's not the only spider person. And his journey begins when a, a Peter Parker, the one I previously mentioned, rocks up and confuses the hell out of Miles. Because in his in Miles' universe, Spider-Man's dead. Who's this guy? Mm-hmm. Why does he look like Spider-Man? Um, I, I don't want to say really much anything else about the story because it, it, I think I think it's once it starts, you're like, I know exactly where this is going to go. Yes, it's the choices they make along the way and the surprises they've saved for the film that they've completely left out of the marketing that make it worthwhile. But, uh, uh, I mean, massive pros. The look of this film is gorgeous. Uh, yeah just looking movie it has its own style but the best part is it also has a different one for each individual that joins the story from a different dimension so as you've seen from the trailers the other spider men that appear like the other spider um characters that that rock up we've got a version of uh of uh what's it a spider woman who has a different name in the the new marvel rising cartoon doesn't she gwen she has a different name some like Uh, some like shadow spider or something like that yeah ghost spider 
That's the one. Ghost. Oh, Spider Ghost or I'm not Adam. sure. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, she's uh, her style is similar to Miles's, but just slightly different in terms of the visuals and the the color scheme. Um, so as a, as as a result, when she's in scene, she does look slightly different to everything around her. Same with Peter. He he is slightly to the left. It's almost like Peter and Miles have been designed by two animators working on the same team, but with a different style, which is smart. Because you see what the Peter of Miles' universe looked like, and it's definitely the same character, but it is also subtly different. So it's like, this is really well done. Um, Spider-Man Noir is in there, voiced by Nick Cage, who's doing his best Humphrey Bogart. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is really great. There's a recurring oh, gag hi with guys. The, There's a recurring gag with him and the fact that he can only see in black and white. Oh, brilliant. Um, so colours elude him. Um there is uh, Penny Parker and Spider, however you pronounce it, the robot suit, which is based on one of the uh, Spider-Verse event characters. It's a, she's, yep. a girl, she's a girl who has a psychic link with the radioactive spider that lives inside her late father's robot. Awesome. So, yeah, like she's not she's not a wall-crawling, like, web-swinging. No, she's got a robot suit that she can either sit in or hang out with that is piloted by a psychic spider. That is amazing. Pretty freaking sweet, right? Yeah, it's so good. And she is done in a, an anime style, like CGI, but more flat palette colours. Yeah. Um. So she sort of looks a bit more hand-drawn in comparison. And then if you want to go talk hand-drawn, freaking Peter Porker himself, the amazing oh. Spider-Ham is in this film. Spider-Ham is not only in this movie, you get a bit of his backstory, and they've just gone full-blown Looney Tunes with him. Like, his, his visual style oh. and... When he finally gets his hands dirty in the middle of the final fight sequence, he, when you sort of see him lay a smackdown, it's as if Wile E. Coyote had just suddenly joined an action movie. Oh, that's it's very good. Amazing. <laughs> that's so, very good. He's voiced by, uh, is it John Mulaney? John Mulaney, yeah. yeah do, do animals talk in this universe? Because I don't want to freak him out. Um, <laughs> it's, oh, God. It's just yes. that bit where he says, it can get weirder. Hello, my name is Peter Parker. <laughs> Don't worry, my hands are wet because I just went to the bathroom. No other reason. <laughs> That's the line. He says, oh. my hands are wet because I just left the bathroom. No other reason. And you're like, why is he saying that? That's very good. Um, That's loca- very good. The location where they are in that scene in the trailer is when you find out what it is and why it is. It's very cool. Um, there's some nice nods to other continuities and suits, uh, especially in that location. There's a bunch of other suits in ca- in cabinets. Um, you get to see like the negative zone one, you know, with the red where the blue's meant to be, the blue where the red's meant to be. Um, there's a big time suit amongst that lot. There's the PS4 Insomniac one. Oh, cool! So there's lots of nice little visual nods. Um, there's a lot of comic book styling in the visuals, which uh, lends to flashback sequences being framed with a comic book cover, starting the flashback, and they they themselves are all homages to other works. Yeah. Look out for names. Whenever Miles is scrolling through his contacts, keep your peepers peeled. I spotted Bendis, Pacelli, Bagley. Like, there's a bunch of people just tucked away in there. That's pretty neat. Um, some of the locations are amazing. Because, obviously, it's, it's it's names of stuff that's slightly off from our own. So, like, Coca-Cola, there's a similar-looking drink. And it's, like, um, Cola Coca or something like that. Cola Coca. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just ever so slightly off. Yeah. Um there's a great visual gag. There's a bank just called the Trust Us Bank. Very good. But it's stylized sort of be like Trust US Bank, but it's like that's that's pretty funny. Very uh, good. I, I spotted um oh what was it? I spotted uh Ramita's Ramen in the Chinatown. <laughs> there's just loads of lovely little nods for comic fans, which I thought was really nice. 
Um, a lot of a lot of nods to other things like Alchemax is used on branding for some tech throughout. And yeah. So just stuff good. like that, like Roxon gets a mention, and it's nice. It's 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 because it's, it's, it, 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 it's Sony entirely. They they don't veer much further than that. So there are allusions to a wider Marvel universe, but this is a strictly Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um. Uh. There is uh, a gorgeous post. What well, is now posthumous cameo from Stan, which means so much more now because it's very sweet and heartfelt, and his cameo is providing something in the story that's quite important to Miles at that point in his story. Yeah. But then it also ends on a really cheeky, like, joke. It's like, God damn it, that's perfect. That's Stan. That's Stan Stan right there. That's Stan. Uh, It's great. I mean, I mean, uh, do you know Ask me some questions and I will answer in as least spoilery as I can. What do you want to know without knowing too much? I don't know. I I can't think of anything. Because I am just excited to see it and let it wash over me. Um, (laughs) Does it ever feel overstuffed with too many characters? Not at all. It's uh, it's very Lego Batman. You know how Lego Batman juggles a very large cast? Yeah. But but always brings it back to that central three or four. Uh, This is like that. It juggles a lot of people, but it always comes back to Miles as your main. Um, and Peter, Gwen, and their little troop as like a, as, as sort of the, the you know the thing that keeps it ticking. Interesting. Um, there are a lot of antagonists. I'll put it that way um, because I don't want to imply anything really with that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of there are a lot of things that they come up against, and a lot of people they come up against. That visually there is a lot going on, but it never feels like it's overblown. Okay. Um, the action is so well directed. Uh, the, the script is tight as. Oh, like it's a really tight script. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it was written by uh, f- which one's Lord <laughs> Phil Lord? Yes, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, uh, Phil Lord and someone else uh, wrote the script. Okay, um, so it's got that that love letter but tongue firmly in cheek kind of vibe from the top. Um, there's some amazing jokes in there and just one offs. Uh, wait till Uncle Aaron introduces his shoulder technique. When you see the shoulder technique, you'll be like, oh, for fuck's sake, this is the funniest thing. Like, this scene is going on far longer than any other studio would clearly allow it to. And it's all the funnier for it. Okay. So, okay. There's that. There's, there's, it's, oh, God, the stuff of Miles' dad, um, the visuals of After the Spider Bite, like, that's when the film style gets to be a little bit more comic booky. Interesting. Like, you know, the thought balloons you've seen in the trailers. Yeah. They only start to pop up after the bite. So they're used as a they're used as a visual indicator of Miles being hyper aware. Interesting. Yeah, it's so good. The soundtrack is brilliant. Like not just the score, but the songs used. Um, the tie, the big tie-in one as well, is like actually part of the plot at one point, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, it's it, oh Matt, oh Matt, just oh, I cried three times. Yeah, I'm getting more emotional. That's some reason when it comes to going all to the right. Cinema. I've noticed that, but I think it's because it just one time because I just realized, holy shit, I'm sat in a Miles Morales movie. Yes, like we're here, like we're actually at this point. This is incredible. That got me. Um, there is a bit with Peter, um, and and uh, his uh, sort of reflecting on what's gone on in his life. And and looking at it from the point of view of being in this universe, there's a moment with that where that got me as well. Um, and then just toward the end, like toward the very end, 
there's a moment like I'll, I'll, I'll I, this this isn't from that moment but me saying this will make you realize which bit I'm talking about after you've seen it okay which is the always get back up bit okay there's a bit toward the end where I was just like oh I was just sat there like genuinely like that's the bit where the the, the the tears actually came out and it wasn't just my eyes blubbing up um or drowning in the saliva of the snogging couple uh, yeah this is I'm, I'm slightly i'm slightly annoyed by the news that came out coinciding with the reviews from sony which was that they have plans for at least two other films in development because I think this makes a fantastic standalone story. Although it does leave it on a little note that suggests a sequel is totally possible. Yeah. And it, and it would be a Spider-Verse continuation, not just a Miles film. Which I think is a smart call. Like, use these movies as a, as a way to tell multiple stories, but keep and, Miles as your central. Yeah, and it really lets you have your cake and eat it in that sense as well. In that you can, you can kind of do whatever you need to do with whichever characters or version of the characters you need to do it with. I mean, this is how open they were. Um, apparently, the original casting choice for Peter Parker was Tobey Maguire, but they changed okay. their they changed their minds because they just thought it would be a bit too distracting. Yeah, for, I can for see that. Audiences, um, and they, they, they the idea being, and you can sort of see it like the, the Spider Man trilogy is a big inspiration for Peter's story up to a certain point, including the visuals. You see a couple of nods to it in the trailers. Yeah. Um, but they obviously didn't want to, you know, um, over-egg that pudding or say, yeah, this is a continuation of those movies. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a smart call. Um, but the inspiration is there. I mean, one flashback, you briefly see just straight up the upside-down kiss. So it's like they're, they're using your knowledge. And there's a bit at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. Dig that fucking soul. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, you know what I mean? Lego Batman style, they're playing on your knowledge and love and also hesitation for the franchise prior. Okay. Okay. Very, very funny. Pulling me intriguade. Yeah. So it's. I, I get why they didn't bring him in but i could also see why they were thinking of it okay you, but if but if this like you say the possibilities are open like if you want later down the line there's nothing stopping you having a story where the Maguire, the garfield and the holland incarnation probably the first two and holland as a cameo based on copyright and stuff but yeah yeah i i would i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if they did at least a scene with those three interacting in a that'd be pretty film. neat i think that'd that be would pretty be neat. that would be freaking awesome because it'd be acknowledging that it, it's real um, I mean, the post-credits scene alone suggests that, yes, other Spider-Man media and other incarnations from the comics and stuff, they are fair game in terms yeah. of where you want to go. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, the, the, the freedom there is, is it's, it's, a, it's a samey idea, but the variety could keep it going for quite a while. Um, okay. The other spin-off idea that they announced was an, a Spider-Gwen-led all-female movie. And that announcement came from Amy Pascal. Now we've already, we've, we've already we've already yeah. Now we've already spoke at length on this podcast about how yes, we want to see more female-driven big blockbuster tentpole releases and family film releases, absolutely and lutely. But yeah. when Amy Pascal's behind it, that's the only thing she's thinking of. She's not thinking of the actual story or how good it is because it's not like they ever work. <laughs> well, exactly. It's like Ghostbusters. Oh, she she can she can the threequel 
uh, pitches that were in the works and said, I want an all-female one, and Paul Feig, you deprived me, you make it. Now, I know we enjoyed Ghostbusters when it came out, but it isn't a cinematic masterpiece by any stretch. It is not. Nor was it, nor was it a continuation or a new spring of life for that franchise. It effectively killed it. So yeah. it's, you know, it's like, this, maybe don't let her make decisions. Because keep yeah. in mind, she also wants to do, to coincide with Venom, a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. Yeah, well, two so separate it, movies now. Yeah, uh, which will then yeah, be a yeah, crossover. Yeah, because yeah. It's, her only thing, it seems, is, isn't, is oh, I want there to be more of a gender equality across mainstream releases. It's, I want there to be more female-led movies. Fair enough. Good. But yeah. that's, that's it. Just the surface level. She's not creative enough to get the right people in to knock it out of the park. So when they said, oh, an all-female-led Spider-Gwen spin-off, I'm like, uh, right, fine, but can you make sure you get someone who knows what they're doing to write it then? So yeah. that it's good. Because it's more damaging then to that cinema landscape if it isn't good. So, for Christ's sake, like, please do this with care. Because Gwen's a great character in this movie. Um, oh, I don't know what else to say, really, without... I mean, let's talk, let's talk about some of the things you've seen in the trailers. Um, the Goblin's not in it for long, but what a weird and cool interpretation. Yeah. Like, it's sort of like the yeah. ultimate universe, the idea of Norman just mutates and gets bigger and scarier. So <clears> you, see, you see him uh, for a couple sequences, and it, it, he is just this big, muscly winged thing. And he's, and he's not throwing fire out of his hands. He has got pumpkin bombs and a bag to his side. Yes. So it's like, okay, they're going halfway house. I like it. Um, you, you see in like one of the brief flashes of Peter's world and everything, and you're like, oh, I did this, I saved the city, and blah blah. You see a brief flash of like a proper metallic tentacle-looking thing, and it's like, cool, okay. <laughs> so you're like, you know, they're <laughs> dipping in. Gwen's origin, of course. If you know Spider Gwen's origin, you know that her best friend was also one of her villains, and it was a mashup of two characters. So you see a glimpse of them in the flashbacks, and it's like, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, it's that sort of stuff. Fisk is great. Uh, Prowler, of course, is in the movie. Prowler's the scariest motherfucker in the film. Yeah? Prowler's really scary. Ah. The way he's directed and everything. Proper creepy. Um, And the, the use of like neon lighting and the gloves and the boots and, and yeah. the eyes and stuff. So whenever he's backlit, he just looks really intimidating. And that's Again. interesting because Prowler's really not a villain that's been explored in other media. Yeah, like he, like... he popped up in, in, like I think, a game. Like, yeah, a, a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? And here he is now, like, a, a, a major player in a Spider-Man movie that also has Fisk as its main villain. Yeah. Like, what is going on? This is amazing. Yeah. Like, we're, we're at this point. This is incredible. That um, sounds pretty good. I recommend it so freaking much. Yeah? It, it was so much fun. It it gets Spider-Man. Um, okay. It, I think the best comparison is this. Like, if, if Spider-Man 2 is The Dark Knight, into the Spider Verse's Lego Batman. Okay, um, I could dig that. It's visually stunning. It's so well directed. They really play with angles and the sort of stuff that you can't do as easily with human beings. Like mm. there are conversational scenes between Peter and Miles where the camera is following one of them as though you would if you were two people talking in a room, but you know he stood on the side of a wall. So yeah, the, the back of your shot is so odd and bizarre but it's framed like an actual conversational kind of shot. It's, oh, it's great. It's okay. really, really good. Um, 
get it in your eyes as soon as humanly possible. I, I would love to get it in my eyes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna as soon as I am able. Oh my goodness! At some point this week. Right now. Yeah. No. Well, by the time people hear this, I should have seen it. So right then. Yes. Um. Left. Right. Left. Speaking of things that I've seen, um, <laughs> and recently. <laughs> You said you wouldn't release pictures of me in my underwear. Sorry. It was just, it was just too good an opportunity to pass up. Um, <laughs> so. A needle pulling thread. This season of Doctor Who has drawn to a close for now. Or has it? Yes. Are we, are we counting? Because <laughs> we're getting a New Year special, but I've seen that listed as series 11, episode 11 before now. So When does the box set come out? That's, the, that's all I care yeah. about. Yeah. If the box set comes out in the new year, great. I believe it does. But, right, you it, know. If it comes out in the new year, I'll be very, very, very happy. Because that then means that I can, uh, you know, um, have them all in one box and not have to faff around with all that shine. I mean, yeah, that is that is nice. Um, but, you know, it's the BBC. They'll probably release it separately anyway. Um, at least they're not doing volumes anymore, Chris. Three episodes a disc. Uh, well, at least that was easier to track. Like you could choose yeah, to wait true. for the bo- you could choose to wait for the box set or just buy the vanillas. So, oh, I love a vanilla. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what did you think of the Battle of Ranscore of Colos? I'm so glad you remembered the name, because I'd already forgotten it the moment it finished. It doesn't exactly roll off the fucking tongue, does it? Let's be honest. No, it does not. Um... (sighs) Okay. I knew this wasn't going to be a finale finale, because that wasn't the vibe this series. This series was individual stories. By the yeah, time yeah. we got to the end of the Ghost Monument, it was clear that was what they were going for. Um, which is a shame, because uh, a woman who fell to earth into the Ghost Monument, that cliffhanger and the way it was used was very cool. So it was like, oh, it'd be a shame to not have that. It also wasn't a two-parter, and usually the finales are two-parters in some way, or there's a lead into part two, into the last one, from the previous episode that feels like a build-up. And similarly... Um, unlike the RTD era and the Moffat era, there wasn't any kind of, hey, guess what? The last one of the series is going to bring back a big element of the show in some way. So already going in, it didn't feel like it was finale week. I don't mind yeah, small, yeah. I don't mind smaller scale stories as our last one. I mean, the wedding of River Song was technically a smaller scale story, and I think. For all of season six's sins, I think the Wedding of River Song is a pretty entertaining way to wrap up the series. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, same with Name of the Doctor. Like, there's definitely stakes within that week. Uh, I just, I didn't, I didn't care for this one very much at all. Uh, I think it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's the TV man in me, like the guy who's sat in production meetings and worked in studios and stuff. I just, this was the epitome of something that has bugged me over the last sort of six episodes, which is we don't have a massive budget for this. We're going to shoot in the same five rooms and the writing isn't solid enough to disguise that or distract you from it. 
I just kept thinking this is a, this is an episode of Red Dwarf. They've they've booked a factory out and put some lights down the corridor, and and here's a bit where dudes plugged into some wires, and here's a bit where there's some debris. And no, oh, okay. Oh, there there is a there is a slightly world ending kind of element to it, but we never actually see the effect of it at all. We just see a CGI laser. I was just like, I, huh. Uh, and and again, interesting ideas, like very classic Who in its ideas. Yes, uh, so the very point, classic Who. It's yeah. it's uh, at times I, I turned and I piped up in the middle of the episode and said, "Oh, it's the pirate planet." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and there was a very they weren't as bantery, but there was a very Robert Holmesian kind of idea of here's a concept and here are two people that are part of it and this is yeah. what it does and we'll get back to them later, boys and girls. And do you know what I mean? But it was. I don't know, and again, like you got, I can't remember the name of the actress, but you got her and, and Purcell Ascot and stuff in there, and they're just kind of there. Uh, like I just, I, I, I didn't love this, and I thought the, the big reveal, of you know, oh, who could be behind this, was nowhere near as impactful as I think they thought it was. Um, I mean, you can't eat his Christmas salad, can you? You you got to eat my salad Halloween. You can't eat my salad Christmas. It's not the same. What? It's not the same. Eat my salad three weeks before Christmas. It's what? not the same. What? You know the salad guy in the first episode. Eat oh. my salad Halloween, and he's just throwing his lettuce on um, on Tim Shaw. Oh. Yeah, I just i I came away from it feeling like I, to me the best scene was the brief laying down the law bit between Graham and the Doctor at the beginning. Oh, that was fabulous. That was great, but then yeah. I feel they didn't take that as far as it could have gone. And and I think that sucks a bit. I think they took it as far as they needed to. Um, yeah, I... I don't know. I, I think Guy made a suggestion afterwards chatting with Guy Lambu, and he said like like one of them, Ryan or, or um, Graham, should have killed him. Should have killed the Stenza. And then like kept it to themselves and carry that guilt into the next series so you've got some pre-established kind of drama that slowly informs theirs and the doctor's decisions going forward um or or that tim shaw should have like graham should have resisted killing him or something and then tim kills ryan do you know what i mean just something but i don't know why are you so bloodthirsty chris not bloodthirsty so much as just it, I, I think, I think it is our inbuilt desire now as TV watchers. Like most people watching a season, go, "Oh, we're in the last one. There's going to be something big here. Like, be it a you know a, a character beat or a character death or or a, reveal, a big reveal or something like that. Just to sort of make the stakes at least personal stakes, not not so much universe commanding universe, you know, conquering stakes feel a bit bigger for the last one, and it just. I don't know. I think had this been a two-parter, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. The, the exact same story in the exact same locations, but just real, really play out with the idea that Graham's been thinking of this day for a while now and that the Doctor really comes to terms with the fact that she has essentially allowed this thing to get power and, and do you know what I mean? Like, really weigh on it. Um, Yeah, this is my... Oh, God, brace yourself. This was the I'm braced, I'm braced. Fir- this was the first time I felt completely disinterested in a Doctor Who last episode. I'm I'm honestly very surprised by that. 
Yeah, and and, this, and and I mean, I mean, it, it's the it's the Justice League Batman v Superman argument. Like, at least he, uh, Hellbent made me feel something, even if it was what the fuck is this shit? Do you know what I mean? Like, are you? Made me I, feel I, I am I am shocked that you can watch an episode of TV that is as focused on character growth mm. and and. Uh, you know the completion of character arcs as this was, and not feel anything. It's weird. I know. I I wanted to give it a second shot, but it, it, I've not had a chance today, and I just I don't know. And, and that's the thing. I I saw I saw that I wasn't alone in that on social media. There seemed to be quite a split in general for this one. But I, I mean, I wish I wish I dug it. Honestly, I, it just didn't resonate with me at all. I personally. think. But I want to. I sod me sideways. I want to know um, what you thought of it because I, I I hear tell from three little birdies. Yes, that you you enjoyed it quite a lot. Well, and you I were, you weren't I, alone in the three little birdies. I was with three little birdies, aka three of the five who fans for this um, for this episode, and I'll and I join them for their post episode discussion, which you'll be able to see over on their channel um, by the time this is out, and. I really, really liked it. I mean, I'll, I'll go into plenty of depth with the with the fellas on in the video, but um, I it was it. I just found it really satisfying in terms of all the characters, um, you know, having a, a a journey throughout the season, and it kind of culminating in this. Particularly Graham and Ryan. Um, Yaz, not so much. Yaz has kind of already been there. She's not had much character development in this series because she's kind of already. Uh, a competent and complete and uh, sort of independent person, whereas Ryan and Graham have had have had a bit of growing to do, um, mm. both for different reasons. Um, and I I think some people have been a victim of their own expectations in that they were expecting this to be a huge. Um, uh, event television, high stakes, RTD style series finale, and that's not what any of this series has been. Like it's not, it's not been leading up to that. It's not been leading up to anything apart from these, this group bonding more, um, which is what happened. Like this isn't, this isn't a show. This series hasn't been a show about the big sci-fi concept. It's been a show about four people who have sci-fi adventures that bring them together and inform them as people and help them learn more. And the 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 core of that is this is the doctor as this sort of uh hopeful, optimistic um dynamo of of um positivity that drives them all forward and pulls them together. And that's what this show has been about this season, which I think it needed it. I think it needed to go back to basics and strip away a lot of the mythology and um, the overarching narratives and just be a um, a fun show about engaging characters. And that's... I think there's enough... The, the, the overarching narrative of this series hasn't been, um, oh, there's a villain trying to bring these people together and... To create this threat and now we've got to stop it because this and it's been happening all along and we saw the signs it's been is ryan gonna call graham granddad and get let him have that fist bump is graham gonna 
uh, move on from Grace is, you know, are, are they going to bond? And in this episode, you do get the conflict of Graham having that moment of 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 maybe maybe crossing that line, and it comes right down to it. There is a moment where you think he's going to do it, um, and allowing him that character growth, um, of being the better man. I think has been. I think was really compelling. I just. I think it was just a really good, solid episode of TV. I understand that people wanted more, but I think they were wanting something that the show was never going to offer. Not this season. Maybe next season, and maybe even next episode uh, with the New Year special, but not not this season. It was never offering that. Um, it delivered exactly what I think it's out to do, which is make you. Make well made me anyway. I mean, obviously not everyone's felt this way, but it made it made me care about these characters, and that's what I keep coming back to the show for. Um, so yeah, I I was really I really dug it. So what you're saying is you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Exactly. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm really I'm so glad you dug it. I yeah I just. For me, it was a bit of a, a damp squib in a way. I mean, it's not dampened my my admiration for this series as a whole uh, and and what this change has done for for the show. Um, if anything, it's it's <laughs> the the thing I'm more disappointed in is the new air date reveal for season twelve. Yes, and I and like they knew there'd be momentum. Like they needed to have that something. Thing, right? I. I think I I think I've said before my belief is that the the future of the series was pinned on this on this season. Yeah. And that's why they haven't already gone into production and if they haven't already gone into production they can't get it out next year. Well, Not, they way, can't get it out next year and have ways, it be good. You you could certainly you could certainly begin work on a season that would start airing in the autumn of next year. Um yeah, and, but I think and, and air across winter and into the new year. I honestly um, think the BBC were hesitant to even commission that work mm. because they well, weren't well, sure yeah, how this the, was going to go down. The, the fact there's a New Year's special instead of a Christmas special suggests that it was commissioned later than usual, um, and it definitely was intended as New Year's because the teaser trailer it's set at New Year's. Um, the episode is currently titled Resolution, so it was always intended when, when we found out like three weeks ago, there won't be a Christmas special, but there'll be a new Year's special. It wasn't a, Hey, we're just rescheduling this. It's a, no, this was the intent. Yeah. Whether we wanted to do this originally or not, this is when it's going out and always was when it was going out, everybody. So I don't even deal mean, with there's it. There's obviously, yeah, there's obviously a hesitation. Um, I don't know. I'm just hoping that the special is a bit more, bit more pomp and a bit more spectacle. It seems like it's going to um, be from the trailer. Right, should we talk about the the, the, the the grey metallic elephant in the room when it comes to this <laughs> special? Um, the trailer very heavily yes, implies yes. through the use of a low-angled shot of a doorway being blown up, which is usually atypical of, of the character we're about to say, um, and also, especially through the whole, that's the, it's the deadliest creature in the universe, and yeah. you know, la, 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 and then at the end, does it have a name? close upon the doctor and it just cuts to the title page which is brilliant which is brilliant that's but... brilliant if you yeah. build an anticipation yeah but but i think to grab people if it is going to be a big spectacle you're gonna to have to announce in the next week or so whether or not 
it is what we're all thinking. It's not that far away. It isn't that far away. I'm sure people can wait. It isn't that far away, but I I think the considering we then will have to wait over a year for the next batch of episodes. Yeah, but we don't have to worry about the next batch of episodes. We don't have to worry about the next one. Oh, no, no. But I mean, considering we have to wait for ages, I think you need to let people know that, hey, don't worry, we're going to give you something that you've been asking for for this one. Come yeah, away. but I don't think you need to splurge that particular load before it airs. I think you, if... you say that, but what if I, what if I, what, what if I were to suddenly reveal, good sir, yeah, that the title resolution isn't the title. I, I, mean, I I'm pretty sure that it isn't the title. I'm pretty sure that it's only the first word of the title. Um, I would not be surprised if it were not who we all think it is, because they've done that already this series a couple times with the teasers. But they've really made you go, oh, they're not, are they? And then you're watching and you go, oh, they didn't. And sometimes it's it's played well, and sometimes it's played a bit like, oh, oh, okay. But in all cases, um, I think it's been deliberate. Yes, oh, absolutely. Um, but like, for example, this week, the whole, I know that voice, like, they're kind of teasing you there with, this is a character from the Doctor's past. And episode two made a suggestion of something, which was then never followed up on. Do you remember? Yes. But, yeah, so it's like, oh, they're going to follow it up in this? So you start to assume, oh, it's a person the Doctor knows from their past, either someone that we know from the shows, or at least somebody connected to her life that we're going to learn about and we're going to be quite taken aback by and quite shocked yeah. by. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. It was Tim Shaw. And I'm glad they didn't do it because... Well, yeah, no, to a degree. Yeah, like I say, yeah, that, that this show needed to get away from all that bullshit to bring the audience back and bring new viewers oh, yeah. on. Oh, yeah, but, because but that's it what I'm disappeared up its you, own you can, fucking you can rectum to- last You can totally do that if, if you do it self-contained within the app in that instance. But I think for your, your big... So, for example, if, if suddenly this episode just gone, during it, you suddenly found out, oh, shit, it's freaking, you know, just picking a name up my ass, like... Oh, it's the silence. Do you know what I mean? In context of the episode, that would be great because they've not used that to get people. Like, people are already invested and then it's a, and there's a little fucking treat. There you go. You Like when the Autons are revealed and the Pandorica opens and you're just like, yeah. wait, what? That being like, said though, I think there is a big chunk of the audience who at that point would just be like, what? Oh, and turn off. Well, if it was the silence, definitely. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think, I, I think I just... if it is, I think if it is going to be who we think it is for New Year's Day, they need to maybe let the general public know, as daft as that sounds, because I know it'd be so much nicer to have it revealed and be teased. But I think for your special and your final sign-off before you go away, you might need to just go, hey, everyone, don't forget, tune into this. Good. See, I no, I think that would be a mistake, because I think the mystery is what will get people to tune in. And the tease is what will get people to tune in. But will word of mouth be strong enough for that teaser trailer? Um, I would have thought so. Mabes. All I know is, I would would be equally surprised if it... No, I'll start that again. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't in the New Year's episode. But I would be pleasantly surprised if they were. Because it, it would be that spectacle element. And as such, the title of the episode, if they, as we keep saying, are involved, what's the betting that the full title of the story is Resolution of the Daleks? I I can go for that. I dig the fuck out of that. Because, you know, it's like, there you go. <laughs> there you go, everybody. Title drop. Enjoy. Um, and, you know, the rumours are already out there that there's a new design for them, so... 
Oh yeah, even if they weren't intending to appear this year, they'll have begun that work just to to get ahead on it and be ready. Yes. Um, and you know, let's, let's it face would... it, the, the bronze the bronzes have been perfect. They've been absolutely perfect, but to keep it fresh, they need to change now. They have we... to change. Yeah, but they did that, and no one liked it, and then they chickened out. But, but they did it in an episode with the bronzes and made a point of going, "These guys suck. Let's blow them up." And it's like, maybe don't do that because we all like that design. No, I'm. I was perfectly happy that they did that because mm, well. I think I, the mm, <laughs> as as a creative, I think there's a fine line between giving your audience what they want and giving your audience what they think they want. Oh, I, oh, I. And I think sometimes you just gotta go. You know what? Fuck it. We're gonna do this because. And even and even if it doesn't please people, it's if it's true to your um, creative vision, then you should do it. And if it's shit, then it's shit. Then it, you know your creative vision was rubbish, and that's on you. Um, and if it's good, it's good, and that's on you. And you shouldn't be doing it to 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 pander to people. Um, and the fact that they chickened out with the new paradigm design and the ideas behind it, I think was. A shame. Cowardly. It was a cowardly move. <laughs> cowardly, I say. Cowardly. Cowardly, sir. Um, cowardly, you big monkeys. Yeah, if you've got convictions, stick by them. Otherwise, don't don't have them. You turds. Yes. You tell them, Matt. That's my, that's my stance on the matter. That's my two sons. Um, right, should we have a look at a couple of emails? No. And we've literally got a couple of emails, so... You know, oh, I and, <laughs> and these kind of uh, these kind of uh, have already been covered in part, but we'll uh, we'll we'll have a look at them because it might we might have had some new thoughts uh, since last time we uh, covered these topics. First one comes in from uh, your friend and mine, all our friends. It's Charlie. Charlie Longarms. It is Charlie Longarms. He says hello, my darlings. He says. After having been teased with news of season four of Daredevil being pitched to the higher ups, it seems that Netflix has now more or less completely divorced itself from the Marvel originals. And of course, we covered this last episode. Um, I've got to say, I'm disappointed as I felt they offered an interesting alternative perspective to a universe we're all too familiar with at this point. Although I think that universe is going to change very soon, so that's that's interesting. Um, would you like to see these series continue wholesale? Over on Disney's service. If so, would that be enough to tempt you to buy into it? What stories would you like to see be told if it does continue there? Why have Jessica Jones and Punisher somehow avoided the chop for now? Does this perhaps increase the likelihood of having Vincent D'Onofrio being the big bad in Spider-Man the third of the second? As always, my love to you both. Yours, Charles. Um, I think we covered. You'd never do that again. Um, I think <laughs> I think we covered some of this um, on uh, on last week's show, but uh, just to to make sure we did, um, I would I wouldn't mind these things popping up on Disney's service, but I, as I said last week, I think I'm worried that they'd sanitize them um, so as to not uh, run the risk of children coming across uh, content that is. Easily at the 15 to 18 BBFC rating level. Um, mm. So that that would be my 
uh, that would be my uh, worry. As for it being enough to tempt me to buy into it, like I'm still, I'm annoyed that the Disney Plus is happening because they have got a lot of stuff that I'm interested in, but I don't want to pay another subscription fee for another service. It's just, it's just too much. Um, I mean, but that being said, I don't have cable TV or anything, so I'm not spending that money. But uh, I also don't have any money. Um, so it's gonna, it's really is gonna depend on how these shows go down when they're released. But I'm not gonna be there on day one of Disney Plus being like, here's my money, give me all the Disney things. I'm gonna have to sit it out and be like, okay, well, let's see how much good stuff is on there, how much stuff that people recommend is on there, and then that's when I'll take the plunge and binge away. Um, as for stories I'd like to see told, I think, again, we talked about Heroes for Hire and bringing those characters back together. Um, I'd like to see them do the Jessica and Luke uh, relationship, although there's... I think the chemistry is there between Mike Coulter and uh, and uh, Kristen uh, Ritter. Kristen Ritter, whatever. But they don't have to do that just because it was in the comics, so, you know, I don't, don't want to be beholden to that. Um... As for Jessica Jones and the Punisher, uh, they've avoided the chop for now because they're in production already, and it would be because of the. I would imagine the terms of whatever contract Netflix have with Marvel, they can't pull them, so they're gonna air. And I think they, I, I think you said this last week, they're gonna air, and then immediately after we're gonna get the news that have been cancelled. Yeah. Or or just beforehand, they're gonna be like, this is the final season. Um, so I think that's why they've avoided the chop. Um, oh, stories that we'd like to see. I'd like to see a, some Daredevil stories where he gets to wear his costume and fight supervillains. That's what I'd like to see. Um, is there is there a severe lack of that in season three? Uh, yes. Oh dear, that's worrying. <laughs> um, not that it makes season three bad. It's just I want a super ass superhero ass Daredevil superhero show. Um, not that, but season three is still fucking great. Um, as for Vincent D'Onofrio, I really hope so. I think there's a, I think there's a good chance, there's a better chance now that the shows are not happening anymore. That we'll get to see, that we might get to see these characters uh, and or actors because we might get them recast as different versions. We don't know what the continuity is going to be. Um, going forward, that we might get to see these people in the movies, and I'd be down with that. Um, because it, it as well because it, it does seem like well, we know Disney are going to pull some of the movie characters for for limited series on Disney Plus, so it could happen. It could happen. Uh, and I kind of hope it does because I want to see more Charlie Cox Daredevil. I want to see more Mike Coulter Luke Cage. I guess they can bring Iron Fist back as well if they want. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, hopefully. Salty! Hopefully it's not the end. And Marvel definitely have plans. What shape those plans will take, we don't know yet, but they definitely have plans. Um, oh, oh, there we go. Sorry, my uh, my email client was not rendering properly. Um, this one comes in from Jacob, and again, this is the one's a little late because of our early recording... Last week, which is again happened this week. So if you do send anything in this week, it ain't going to get read until after Christmas. Um, Deal with it. Oh, or maybe just before Christmas. Uh, 
so this one comes in from Jacob, and he says, insert time of day here. Well, it's it's afternoon. Afternoon, big damn cockers! And this is uh, about last week's episode of Doctor Who. Look, the week before's episode of Doctor Who, it takes you away. Uh, to which Jacob says, Doctor Who was certainly interesting. Always is, Jacob. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't always. Uh, I really enjoyed it, even the frog. Although I thought it was quite creepy in places. Really liked all the stuff in the Solid Tracks universe, especially when Grace was on screen. Bradley Walsh continues to be the best companion. He does, he does, he does. And I was quite happy at the end when Ryan finally called Graham Grandad about bloody time. That's all for now. Jacob. So that's a lovely short and sweet um, uh, sweet hello from Jacob there. And yeah, kind of mirrors my feelings on that episode. This series as a whole, I think, has been really strong. I'm looking forward to more Doctor Who, even if we do have to wait a while for it. Um, but I think it's the show's gotten itself to a good place that it hasn't been in for a while. So I'm down with that. And with that, down to clown. And and with that uh, revelation, <laughs> I uh, that's that's the closed. <laughs> that's the close for this episode of the Big Damn Cast. Um, ah, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can find us at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, bigdamncast@gmail.com. If you have thoughts to send into the show, uh, those of you following the YouTube channel, I've just started a playthrough of Yakuza Four for the PlayStation Three. So join me for that bonkersness um, and uh, more stuff. Hopefully, more better stuff to come in the new year. Once Christopher returns from his pantomime adventure. Uh, Chris, can people still come and see you? Is that a thing that they can do? Absolutely. chaffing lovely. <laughs> you can make it to Lincoln, guys, up until the 6th of January. Then go to newtheatreroyallincoln.co.uk or ntrlincoln.co.uk. As I found out this week, they've got a shortcut handle. Oh! No, um, one for the mothers and fathers. <laughs> uh, if you come and see it over Crimbo, love to see you. Let me know you've come to see it. If that's the case, give me a tweet or whatever beforehand and I'll, I'll, I'll pop outside afterwards and say hello. Um, and uh, yeah, so apart from that, you can listen to me every fucking week over the next few weeks because there'll be a big damn cast every Friday. Oh, yes. We're like, innit, we never fail. Never fail. Touch wood. Quickly, touch some wood. Uh, touch some wood. Not on air. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> yes, that's the sound of my erect penis. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have been boasting about it for the last two weeks, so... No, no I've been boasting about my comedy bulge. So oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, my comedy <laughs> bulge. Oh, fantastic. Well, thanks Nick for listening, comedy everyone. Bulge. Thanks for listening to this episode of Chrissy's Comedy Bulge. Um, my husband's tent. Would that be your sketch show? Chrissy's, Chrissy's Comedy Bulge. Well, there we go. <laughs> there it is. Ah! Oh. Let's get on to Channel 5. No. Um, oh no, I don't mind coming in. Bye everyone!